Welcome to Growing Women of Faith podcast. I am Rochelle Morlock. And I am Sherry Konzak. Growing Women of Faith podcast was created for women to have a place where they can share how God is growing them and using them. Our hope is that we can be an encouragement to all women of all walks of life. We hope you enjoy and don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss an episode. This week, I got to sit down with Inga Lizdenite and hear her story and how she fought for her life. How many times do you find yourself in a situation where the next steps in your life seem impossible? Inga shares just about that experience in her own life and how she took those next steps. I would like to introduce you to a very special lady. Her name is Inga. And I, um, before the interview, um, is starting today, but before this opportunity, I've had the ability and the opportunity to check her out on her Facebook, on her website, um, YouTube. This woman has traveled all over sharing her testimony um, and has written a book and I, she's going to share about that too, um, probably towards more the end. And I am just so excited for you guys to hear how she has gone from one thing to the other, which is how she went from not having her faith fully in Christ and then finding her faith fully in Christ. And that's what we're about, um, growing women of faith. So Inga, I would love for you to first share a little background of where you're from and yeah. Hi, hi, Rochelle. This is so uh, nice to, to be here with you. Thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to share my story and to share the beautiful testimony that transformed my life. And I know it gives a lot of hope to many people. So thank you very much for inviting me. Uh, well, I was born and raised in Vilnius, Lithuania. It's Eastern Europe. Many people don't know where it is. It's, we are very close to Germany, border with Russia, Poland, Baltic Sea, in the Baltic region, we're there. And uh, since 2005, um, I have been living in California, in sunny, the land of sunshine, as I, as I call my California. Uh, when I was 22 years old, my life was drastically changed by a brutal, brutal car accident. When my boyfriend and I, we were driving 100 miles an hour on an icy road, and at that speed, we hit the light pole. And uh, the car, the vehicle was torn into two pieces in half, and my boyfriend was ejected from the car and killed instantly. And I was um, found in the wrecked vehicle without my legs. And so um, the emergency crew pulled me out barely alive with cut off legs and uh, due to substantial blood loss and uh, traumatic injuries throughout my body, I was placed in ICU 
and uh, I was given only 30% chance to survive. And it, the miracle did happen. Jesus pulled me out of death. Uh, but I woke up at the age of 22. I woke up in the world that was full of anguish, anguish of the loss of the destruction and just excruciating physical pain. And, you know, when I looked at my life, uh, there, it was despair. It was totally hope, total hopelessness because my country and my city, I lived in the capital of the country, was not accessible for the wheelchair, for people in the wheelchair. And so basically losing my legs and also my left hand was paralyzed meant losing your life because there's no access. So I was imprisoned by the walls of my own home. And um, there was no chance, no chance to live a full life. And I'm only 22 years old. What do you do? How, how do I live? And many people were saying that this car accident destroyed my life, that God has punished me, that my future was broken. Uh, but, you know, I, I refused that belief. I rejected it. I refused it. And I said, I am not going to sit here being a victim. I will restore my life. I believe that with God's help, I will be able to restore my life. And so I took action. And by the grace of God and his amazing blessing and his providence and provision every step of the way, I was able to travel across the globe in Cal to California. This is where I live now. And I was able to establish a fulfilling, dynamic life. My the car accident was not the end of my life. It was the beginning of my beautiful, beautiful journey filled with incredibly answered prayers and and God's power. And it, it's it, I love my life, really. And there's nothing that I would change now when I look back. And so now, um, I put, so for 13 years, I worked as public relations and volunteer coordinator at the organization that advocates for people with disabilities in uh, Northern California. It's called Disability Services and Legal Center. And um, now I am on my new mission is to bring my message of hope and faith and share with people what God has done in my life and help others to overcome whatever they are going through, whatever hardship they're going through, and to help other people to be strong and have faith in God. and overcome be the winner yeah so that's my story in a sh short way when did you come to know christ uh you know i was called by the lord uh, in the early age i was only 16 years old when the lord um knocked at the door of my life and so the evangelical church became a big part of my life and I attended the church um, I was youth of the church and I was very active we attended the um, uh, you know the youth uh, gatherings and services basically like nearly daily I was going to the church some kind of a service and but with time I saw the things that people were doing, their behavior, their action, uh, that I did not like, you know, I did not like uh, manipulation, I did not like hypocrisy, and mm -hmm. and so I just 
decided at some point, it, it grew to the point where I said, I don't want this anymore. And I said, God, if this is, you are not like what these people do. And I can no longer stand it. I cannot live with it. And I made the decision to leave the church. So I cut all my uh, friendships. I just, I just stopped. I cut it off. I stopped going to use gatherings, church, anything. And I just began, you know, spending my time with my friends in the world the, in my, from my work. And uh, really, I was surrounded by very good people. And um, my life seemed very good and actually fun and beautiful. I totally loved the way, the way my life was going. But I, I knew the spiritual aspect of what I was doing before I even noticed I got emerged in sin. I began living a simple life like everybody else and no longer, you know, it really bothered me. In the beginning, it bothered me when I was going to nightclubs, having drinking parties and smoking and boyfriends and all of that. But with time, um, I stopped having that sense of that this is sin that I'm doing wrong and uh, within one year there were about three car accidents that I nearly got into but it did not stop me uh, even though I knew that I need to stop this kind of a lifestyle uh, because the enemy in the spiritual realm comes to steal kill and destroy I knew that, but I just did not want to go back to the church. And one day I woke up in the ICU, hooked up to a life support machine. And since then, my life really went to a whole new, my faith went to a whole new different level. Uh, while I was on the verge of death, uh, Christ came to me. And I felt him at the end of my uh, at the end of my bed, and he he was like I felt like the love hugged me, and he I felt heard I don't know how to even say those words the words I love you. Mm-hmm. There is no such love on this planet, Rochelle. There is no such love on this planet. The way Christ loves is so amazing. The love was so great I felt the happiest person I this is the happiest moment of my life Uh, and I felt so peaceful and I felt like it's I'm good now no matter it doesn't matter what happened to me I'm good because the most important is that I have Jesus in my life that I have the Lord that even though I left him by my actions and I wandered away from him he did not leave me that he came to me and I knew that my life was going to be beautiful and so really since then I decided that I'm not going to look what people do, what they don't do. And the lesson was to me, never base your faith on other people's mistakes. You know, pastors, leaders, deacons, whoever they might be, they have their own life. They, They make mistakes. They make, you know, they have their intentions. They have their agendas. They, they have whatever, and they are going to answer before God. And I am going to answer before God for my own past. 
And so that's, that was the moment when I decided that I will never again make a decision about me following Christ based on what other people do or don't do. I don't care what others do. My, my decision is to follow Christ, to follow him wherever he goes. And really since then I began my beautiful journey with the Lord. Yeah, so that's, that's so, the beginning. That's so beautiful and profound and crazy. That's a weird word to say for this, but I just, you at a young age, at 16, found Christ. And um, I see this too, and I think you're right, there, that there is the, unfortunately, sometimes you see that how people are acting or not the way they should and that can influence our thinking of the church itself and it's so beautiful that through what you just stated like it doesn't matter what they've done i'm the one who has to truly account for my own actions and that you said you had had almost three wrecks prior to get into your actual wreck. Is that right? Yes. So like you, God was giving you these clues and just, but not really catching on. And then when it happened, the profound effect and you had all right to say, I'm going to be mad at you, God, but yet you were able to turn it around. And I, I truly look at you and I'm, I'm so inspired. You're living your your best life. And it is so evident. And I don't know if you truly see this. Like, it's so beautiful to see the life that you have. And that you, I can't imagine literally after a car wreck, losing all that I did. Let's just be honest in that regards. And then picking up everything and moving to California, not knowing anyone. Um, but you saw that there was a beautiful opportunity because in your hometown, they did not have the ability to host you the way that you needed to be able to live a fulfilling life. And you didn't want to, I like how you said you were imprisoned within your own self and you took it matters into your own hands. And you've been in America now for how many years, you said? Uh, over 15, 15 years, yeah. That's so crazy. Uh, and then another question that I do have is, how has faith impacted your life and transformed the process in which you are in currently, I guess, is? Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, faith really is my rock. Uh, it's my foundation. Uh, quite frankly, I don't even know how I would be able to handle everything after the crash if not for the Lord, if not for my faith. Um, because uh, first, you know, now people, people say, I hear a lot, Inga, you're so strong. You are so strong. You are so courageous to leave your home and mm -hmm. and overcome everything. And 
how, how do you do it? Where do you get the strength from? A lot of times also I hear people say, well, you overcame because you are strong. And I say, I am strong because I get the strength from Christ, literally, if that's where I get my strength. And over, I overcame because I made the decision to overcome. And the strength, when I did not have the strength, I, I would get it from Jesus. Uh, it's not a figurative speech when I say, you know, strength is from the Lord. I literally, uh, there were times when I did not want another day to come. Uh, I had the times when I had no strength to take another step. There were times when I just didn't want anything anymore. And when I saw that my efforts are in vain and I did not want to do anything, it seems like I just wanted to drop everything and scream, you know, because of how bad everything was and how hopeless and my efforts are in vain. And every time I felt that way, I, I would just come to Jesus, like literally in my bed, in my room, I would just talk to the Lord. And I would tell him, Jesus, I, I have no strength anymore. I don't have any more patience. It's too painful. It's too difficult. I don't see why I would do everything what I'm doing. And in the morning, I would feel the strength. I would feel not only the strength, but enthusiasm to go and fight for my life. I had that determination. I had the desires to do the things, uh, to take steps forward and to restore my life. And that's, that's where I get my strength. So the faith in the Lord and connection with him, it's, lit, it's a literal uh, source of strength. Uh, Jesus is the strength. He is an inexhaustible source of strength. And then when, see, my faith gave me the foundation for the perspective, for the empowering perspective of how I viewed my situation and how I looked into the future. While other people were saying God has punished her because she was leading the lifestyle that she did or that she had two beautiful legs and God just cut them off. Yeah, people come up with those ideas. Um, and so, and her life is destroyed and broken, and maybe it's her fate to just be disabled and imprisoned, you know, in her home. And my faith w gave me the foundation for a whole different outlook. I, I said, the Lord saved my life, and there is a reason why I am alive. And if he saved my life and I was healing miraculously fast, doctors, surgeons, they could not scientifically explain how it was possible to recover physically as fast as they did. I was fully injured. There's no even one body part that I would not be injured. And so uh, I, I was able only to open and close my eyes. That was it. That was it. I couldn't even breathe by myself. I couldn't turn over. I couldn't sit up by myself. I could not do anything. I, my mom was feeding me through the straw because I was not able to eat or move or do anything. That's the condition that I began my life. And so 
um, I was saying, God, you have a plan. If you have saved my life and you helped me to recover so strong, you have a plan. And I, and I know everything is possible for you. So it gave me the foundation for a perspective, for the outlook that empowered me to not give up and move forward. Um, and then, you know, the literally miracles that the Lord has done, there were situations when I, there was nothing I could do. There was nothing I could do. And I just prayed. I said, Lord, I need your help. And God answered the prayer. And he did uh, that which I couldn't do. He opened up opportunities. He brought people into my life who were willing to help. Uh, he was changing circumstances in my favor that it was unexplainable. That literally, it, it, there are so many things that I, I cannot even explain, but as a miracle of God. And so when... When I woke up in that world and I said, I am going to restore my life, I began taking action. And my first goal was to walk with prosthetic legs. And no, I did not think of California at the time. It was, it, California is beyond what I even could imagine. I could never even imagine that I would be living in California. It was step by step. My first goals were to become independent. And then I said, okay, if I need to leave, if I want to leave my home and go back to work and be a full value, the community member that has full value and I help people and I am active, I need to get out of my home because I live on the fifth floor of the house that has stairs and there's no way you can leave your home in a wheelchair. And so I said, I'm going to I'm going to walk. And my local prosthetic specialist said, you will not walk because your physical condition is too complicated to walk. And I said, no, I, I am going to walk. Make me legs. And so they did, they did um, make me legs, and I did walk. <laughs> I did walk anyway, but it was very painful. And when I was telling my prosthetic specialist that it's too painful. It's very painful. Like after one hour of walking with prosthetic legs, um, my thighs were covered with bruises and cut sores, open cut sores and blisters. It was horrible. And one day um, when I fulfilled my promise to go back to my workplace at the Vilnius International Airport, uh, my former uh, place where I worked, and I spent like five hours with prosthetic legs, and afterwards I was not e able to even touch my skin for two weeks. That's how damaged my skin and my thighs were after working several hours. And so that, that showed me that really it is impossible. It is impossible to walk with those prosthetic legs. And but I was told that that's just a reality of life walking with prosthetic legs. That's just a reality. And so I, I was quite shocked and depressed, I, I will admit. Um, I just didn't know what to do, where to go, because everything that I did, it, I did not have the results that I wanted to see. It seemed like my efforts are in vain. And everywhere I go, I see stumbling blocks. And I'm, again, shut back in the house. And one moment when I was thinking about my life and, you know, the thoughts began attacking me, like nothing is going to work. That's just your faith. Uh, it's not going to happen. And 
it's interesting just about the moment when I was about to say like I cannot do this anymore about to give up there was that quiet voice you know inside and I'm like I don't believe that it's impossible God has the way he has to have a way for God all things are possible and right that moment I get the insight go online on the internet look for help worldwide so I listened to that voice. I, there was like aha moment, like, yeah, why didn't I think of it before? And I go online and I started doing the research. And one night I emailed to three companies that make artificial legs in other countries. And on the next day, I received a response from American prosthetic specialists who responded to my email. And in this way, the Lord connects me with American prophetic specialist who is interested in my case. And he says, oh no, it's not supposed to hurt. You are supposed to walk without pain at all. And then he, after a week of communicating via email, he says, oh, by the way, Inga, what a coincidence. I, I'm scheduled to travel to Turkey to do a seminar about prosthetics, and that's the close, closest place I would be in, to, uh, next to Lithuania. If you, are, if you can, if you're able and interested, please come to Istanbul to meet me, and I will see how can I help you. How is that possible? By the way, he says it's just a coincidence. There are no coincidences. So I knew that was the Lord's answer, and I flew to Istanbul, and I met him, and there he made a miracle. He adjusted my uh, prosthesis, and that was the first time I stood up without feeling any kind of pain. And then uh, after, after our meeting, he goes back to America. I go back to Lithuania, and then I receive his email that he's, so inspired by my great desire to walk that he said I will do everything that I can to make sure you have comfortable prosthesis so very long story uh, making short he invites me to California and he says I will make your prosthetic legs as a donation um, I will make them myself to you and donation uh, that was that was incredible because just the parts of the prosthetic legs cost over forty thousand dollars just the parts and where is the work and everything there's no way my family would be able to afford that uh and so i three years later after the car accident i go go to california by myself uh and uh to to meet my big impossible dream and in that in that time we worked very hard it was it was enormous amount of work but I fulfilled my my dream I walked and I even danced and those people who said that you will never walk they saw me walking they saw me everything uh, doing everything that they said I would never be able to do and so that part of my story taught me that all things are possible. You can achieve anything you desire, anything. If you truly, truly desire, if you do whatever it takes to achieve that, and you have unshakable faith, because there are times when your goal and whatever you're working on seems like it cannot be done. But it's important to have that steadfast, unwavering, 
faith that for God all things are possible. If the Lord has said so, that means it will be so. For God, there, there are no hopeless situations. There is no situation that would have no way. God makes a way when there's no way. And, <laughs> and so that was a big lesson to me that empowered me greatly to move forward in life. And it showed me that the faith, the biblical faith is the faith when you have absolutely no doubts, like you have no questions, what if, maybe, or something like that, you know, you have full certainty that God is able and he is faithful to his word. Yeah. So yeah. that was a big I was like a child. I literally, I was like a child. You know how in the word it says, I have a childlike faith, become like a child, right? I was literally like a child. When the world told me your life is destroyed, uh, what you are doing is nonsense. There's no way you will be able to, to do what you want to do. Uh, I said, I will, because my faith told me that God will make a way. And so that, that was my first step toward the faith that I lived to, that I have is do not doubt God, but have a childlike faith that God is able and he's faithful to his word and that all things are possible. I find it so humbling and just how you said the childlike faith, because if I tell people this a lot. Like, what if we all had a faith that is a childlike faith? Hebrews 11, chapter 11, verse 1, it talks about, um, it's cool. yeah, but it's the definition of faith. Like, um, Hebrews 11, first uh, verse. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Basically, faith understands as a fact the things that we don't see, the things that cannot be done. The faith understands as a fact, as a done deal. Yes, it's yes. so true. Thank you for filling that in. I'm like, I know it, but I'm totally blanking right now. <laughs> but it's just really cool to see how you took that faith that God talks about, the unseen, and you created it and you made it happen even when people doubted and that's like that's the thing like to do anything in life um I know that you're a writer and even I tell people that someone could say you can't do it but the best question that you can throw back at them is say well have you done it because they probably, if they're sitting there saying you can't do it, they haven't done it, but why don't you just throw it back at them and say, well, have you done it? Have you done it? And question, unfortunately, a lot of some people today need to have their faith questioned because when you have your faith question um, or asked, that's when you start to grow more and more. And it's just beautiful to see how you're stepping stones to your faith and how you're growing over time and still growing 15 years later through this experience. And you have um, now become a life coach. Is that correct? Yes. 
and um, a writer. And um, I know that you are now an advocate, you said, for disabled adults, um, is, or is the manager, is that correct? Uh, I already, uh, I uh, left the organization to oh, you do my, my calling, yes. Okay. Uh, I was public relations uh, for the organization that advocates, yeah. But it's just so cool to see through that childlike faith that you were able to touch in on that all these children around the world have, and we long to have, but we just don't know how a lot of times to tap into. And it's just, it's so beautiful to see <laughs> in you. Yeah, it's, you know, like, it's, it's like a, because see, I had to become like a child, because see, uh, it's easy to say God is able and all things are possible with God and all is good while you have everything in your life well going well when you have the opportunity when you have the finances when you have the family you have your home and everything but it's very difficult and that's when really we can grow it's an opportunity to grow actually in faith when you appear in the hopeless situation when money cannot help people cannot help uh, there are no opportunities and not even a chance for the opportunity and you have lost everything and there is no way to restore or to improve your situation when you appear in the hopeless situation that's when the faith is necessary and uh, you know as I say when we lost let's say we lost the job right so yes we need the faith that god will provide but still if we have acquaintances or open opportunities we still have the confidence in that physical tangible thing that we have which is acquaintance money opportunity that is might be a possibility but when everything is cut off you have nothing and nobody to count on to be confident in that's when you i you become like a child and it's a god i have no idea how it's gonna happen i have no clue but i know that you are faithful i know that you have a way i know that you are powerful and that's what i was saying daily daily in my prayer well i was not able to leave even my room because the doorways were too narrow for the wheelchair i lived in my room only and did everything in my room while being in that position i was saying i know i will live a full life i believe you i know all things are possible and look god makes a way uh, he he gives the inspiration it's important to listen to the inspiration and act upon it because a lot of times god has given me a new big opportunity just by giving inspiration my responsibility was to act on that inspiration and take action and and do the work actual work and so that's how uh you know I moved from the impossible, from the hopelessness into a fulfilling life. You know, it's to have a childlike faith. You have no idea. I have no idea. Like a child, he has no idea how the daddy is going to bring food. I, he has no idea, but he doesn't even care because he knows that his daddy will take care of him, period. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. So 
so true. It's it's not it's not easy to be in that situation, but I'm so grateful that I had those situations hopeless because they taught me to trust God, to trust and not worry and not live in fear. And the biggest faith to me was it's similar to your story when the Lord when uh, I got back uh, from California from my first trip with uh, comfortable artificial legs. And then I say, God, what do I do now? Because my ultimate vision and God's promise, I forgot to say that the Lord told me through his word that he was going to restore my life, heal me or restore my life. And that will show a lot of, in, in that there will be a lot of God's uh, glory to God. I'm sorry, I'm saying that wrong. Oh, you're, um, oh, you're doing great. And so, uh, so I, I was holding on to the promise, and I, I said, Lord, my ultimate vision is a fulfilling, ultimate, dynamic life, which is I want to be able to leave my home whenever I want to. I want to go back to work. I want to travel. I want to be, uh, you know, a valuable community member. And with prosthetic legs, even comfortable prosthetic legs, I was not able to do that in Lithuania due to the climate and due to the inaccessible environment. Still, even, even prosthetic legs did not um, open that door to the life that I wanted. And so I, again, I felt myself shut in my home because when there's snow outside, there's no way you can walk with, uh, with uh, prosthetic legs. And I was saying, God, what do I do now? And you know what's interesting, the detail uh, that when the Lord brought me to California with to get prosthetic legs, he brings me to the land that has no winter, that has full access to the people uh, that move in the wheelchair. And I was like, God, I would be able to be independent in this, in this land. You know, in, on my first trip, I thought so, but it seemed impossible. So when now I was asking God, what do I do now? Uh, and the thoughts of California keep coming. And I uh, read the book that talks about opportunities, that all of us have the opportunity in life. We just need to grab, upon, grab that opportunity and use it because it will pass and will never come back to you. So I understand that, okay, is this... God, is this you talking that I need to use the opportunity to go back to California and to establish my life there because the, the climate is perfect and the accessibility is perfect? But it seemed impossible. So I was even afraid to tell my, my, my family and friends because they would say, you are absolutely nuts. And I, I was even afraid to even tell them. So I'm like, I go to God and say, Lord, I don't understand. Is it you? Is it not? Like, what do I do? And after the prayer, I opened the Bible and through the chapter of Deuteronomy 8, the Lord speaks to me and he says, here I'm leading you into the land where, uh, you know, the, there are many fruits and, and all the blessings, but be careful to not forget the Lord your God because then you will then you will say that it's me who did all of this by myself because I'm your God who gives you the strength and ability to achieve all that. And I understand that the Lord says, yes, you go back to California. I will bless you abundantly. Just be, you know, careful not to forget the Lord. And 
in the, I, it was too much even to think about it, so I, I went to sleep in the morning. Uh, I received another word from the Lord from the Bible to my question, how? God, how? I don't have, I don't have a place to, to live. I don't have a lot of money. I don't have work. I don't even have the permission to live and work in the United States. And I, have, I don't have legs. I have only functional, one functional arm. How? What, what do you mean go back to California? And the Lord speaks to me through Isaiah. Do not be afraid, for I am your God. Do not be dismayed. I will be with you, and I will help you with my righteous hand. I, I say the, uh, the main thought of that uh, verse. I do not know it by heart. And so I understand that the Lord says, I will be with you. I will bless you. Don't be afraid. Just go. And I go into another room and I say, Mom, Dad, I'm going back to America to live. Can you imagine their reaction? I actually, that was going to be one of my things of, that I was going to ask is, what did your family and friends think? And now 15 years later, what do they think? Oh, they, they their first reaction was um, priceless. They just stopped doing whatever they were doing. And they, my dad and my mom looked at me and I'm sorry, and they say, what? Like, <laughs> to America to live? Like, you're out of your mind. But then I explained to them why I'm making that step. And plus, you know, I knew, I knew a couple of people from my first trip whom I met on my first trip. So um, they knew I would not be totally, totally alone. Um, and I just explained to them that uh, I can no longer live, you know, being imprisoned and not have the opportunity to work and to do. And they saw the reality. They, they knew. They knew what I'm talking about. And so they did not stop me. And I'm so grateful to God that parents did not stop me, that they allowed me to go. And um, now um, they are happy. They're so happy. They say this is a miracle that you are able to live because if I had stayed in Lithuania, there's no way I would be able to live a full life uh, like I do now. So it was a very high price to pay, very, very high price to pay uh, to leave to leave my home and for parents to let me go across the globe. And it's not like a town in the neighborhood. It's literally across the globe. Uh, but I believe the Lord gave them the comfort. I believe God stepped into and because my mom is very, uh, she worries a lot and she's very emotional and um it was very difficult for them to let me go, but they are grateful that they did not stop me. And watching for them, watching me living a full life and traveling and being so uh, happy, uh, it's they say it, it was worth it. It was worth it. Well, that's your story is just amazing. I, I like we were talking about before we did our interview and just how we got connected even. Um, and I feel like anything that happens in life, especially when ministries and people come together, 
and just I know that there it could just be one female from our many countries that are listening that just is like I needed to hear this and I mean we have so many listeners but just your profound story is changing lives and it's simply beautiful and with that I would love for you to Share with our listeners how they can first connect with you from onto social media, if you don't mind, and then also how they can uh, learn more about your story through your book that you poured. How, how long did it take to write the book? Like you, you spent all, quite a while writing this and pouring your heart out into it, right? Very long time, very, very long time. I, I wrote it uh, total. It took seven years to put it together. For seven years, I was rejecting the idea of writing. I said, no, don't ask me to write. I'm not a writer. I'm not an author. I will not write the book. For seven years, I said no. Then the Lord showed me that this is something that I need to do. And so I began writing and for seven years I have been working on it. Mm. And it's, it's a testimony in itself how the Lord blessed that book to come uh, forth. And uh, when I began writing the book, I had no money to publish it. I didn't know how to write the book. And I didn't have the editor. English is my third language. And I'm like, how, how do I do this? <laughs> um, but it's important for us to, and, uh, to obey the Lord, even though we don't know how it's going to happen. When the Lord gives you the inspiration, the insight of the thing that you need to do, it's important to just obey the Lord and do what you have to do. And all other things will come together in its own time. And that's how I did. And uh, when I, I thought I finished the book and I started raising funds and looking for the editor and the Lord, um, you know, in my prayer, he said, leave that alone. Don't do it. I have it all together already ready for you. Finish. Um, not finished, but focus on my word and my will for you. And I had, it was very, it was another test for my faith to leave everything because let's say there is one, one thing to do the thing that you need to do, trusting that God is going to bless you, but there is a whole new thing is not to do anything to attain whatever you need to attain and trust that God is going to provide it for you without your efforts. That was very difficult for me, uh, but I just learned that obedience before the Lord is number one in life ever <laughs> in any kind of situation. And so I obeyed the Lord and uh, through that time, the Lord uh, did his work with my heart, with my attentions, and I worked more on the book, added more chapters. And when the time came, literally and the editor and the money came at the same time uh the, and i did not even have to to do anything for it uh the editor came to my workplace uh to work with me on uh, public relations and fundraisers that was my job duty and then when he agreed to be my editor um well uh, 
after meeting, uh, I find out that he's the professional writer and editor. And so I asked him to edit my book. And then uh, I say, Lord, in the prayer, I said, God, okay, so if you gave me the editor, I need the money to pay him because he will be expensive. Guy, he's the one who edited one of our president's books. He is expensive. How do I how do I pay the money to him and to publish? And like in three weeks, I meet a person who uh, uh, heard about my book, and then he handed me the envelope. And in that envelope, there was a check for ten thousand dollars. And he says, "This is I I believe in your book. I believe in what you're doing. Uh, here is the money. Uh, publish the book, and so the world knows uh, what the law has done." That's how he came. It's, it just shivers go through my body just speaking about it, it, how God provides what needs to be done. It's just important for us to be obedient to him every single moment. When he says to do something and when he says don't do anything, I will provide, do that, <laughs> and God will provide. He's amazing. That's so beautiful. So the name of your book is? My book is called Unstoppable, It's a Choice. All right. And then I know it can be found on Amazon. Is there anywhere else? Oh, yes. And uh, it's uh, basically probably the easiest way to find out about the book and where you can get is on my personal website is www.becomingunstoppable.org. Okay. Becomingunstoppable.org. And there you will find and my links to the Facebook, Instagram, YouTube channel, and where you can find the book. And we will, guys, we'll put this in the show notes as well. Yes. So, yeah. Okay. Well, Inga, it was amazing to have this opportunity to talk to you. Um, get to know you before the interview and just to talk to you during the interview and hear your story. I'm truly inspired, like I've said, and I know that I feel like through this interview, it's really going to touch women and men. We do have men listeners um, to hopefully see that childlike faith. And we want to encourage you guys to, as I say this to her, um, allow that childlike faith that we all have to come out in all that you do each day and to put that trust completely back into God and how sometimes we forget to do that. So, yeah. Stay tuned, guys. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate and if anybody wants to talk to me, just message me on my website. There is contact, and I do speakings in the conferences and oh, cool. variety of churches, organizations. So um, just go into becomingunstoppable.org, uh, and you'll get more testimonies and more stories and a way to, uh, to be inspired and encouraged. And my contact is there as well. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, and thank you. Well, guys, it was a pleasure to hang out with you all today. I hope that we could be a little joy and a little hope and bring you a little laughter for your day. And don't forget to subscribe 
to Growing Women of Faith podcast so that you will get a notification every time we add a new episode.